DW, the 77%. Hello and welcome to the 77%. I'm Kainebe and this week all eyes are on Nigeria. Why? Well, Africa's biggest economy and biggest national population is heading to the polls to elect a new leader as President Mohamedou Buhari's tenure winds down. New MPs, senators and governors will also be voted in. But the run-up to the election has been marred by a chaotic introduction of new currency bills causing a national cash crunch and widespread fake news on social media. We'll touch on those topics later in the program. But first, we join my colleague Flores Chakura in Abuja for a street debate. It's time for a debate. Quick note on this. Flourish has an eclectic panel lined up. In order of appearance, Nana Khadija is a student and first-time voter. God bless Otubere runs the Ready to Lead Africa NGO in Nigeria. Aisha Zanatubo is a journalism graduate and social activist. Kabira Husseini is a member of the Minority African Democratic Congress Party. Chidima Mokua Chuku is a campaigner for the ruling All Progressives Congress. Uchena Ogbodo is also a first-time voter. Dapu Awubeku is a health and governance consultant. Ibrahim Ishmael Umar is a presidential spokesperson for the Labour Party. And Husea Bankwot is a strategist for the Niger state gubernatorial race. Woof! Now, Flourish, take it away. In the past few years, Nigeria has experienced some turbulent times, from the economy to security and even to education. But this time around, it seems like many young people will have a chance to decide their own future. On the run-up to the elections, we've heard that about 70% of the new voters are between the ages of 18 to 34. So we are here to find out from young Nigerians what they really want from these elections. And I'm going to start with Nana. Nana, you are a first-time voter. Why did you decide to vote in these elections? Well, um, at the earlier time, uh, last election I was 15 and now I'm 18. So I think uh, it's the right time for me to vote. And do you think that your vote is going to count? Not sure. Now, in 2015, we saw the Not Too Young to Run movement. 2020, we saw NSARS. Is this a sign that young people are beginning to participate in politics in Nigeria? I'm going to come to you. God bless. All right, absolutely, because we got the Not Too Young to Run bill done in uh, 2018. Uh, that was signed by the president. And we also got the electoral reforms bill done in 2022. So what it means is that I'm excited that we have a first-time voter. So all the work that we've been putting in is because we want more first-time voters to come in and participate in the process. So I think young people will want their voices to be heard. And for me, I believe that this will be an election that will be determined largely by young people's participation. Okay, Aisha, I see you're nodding your head. Do you agree with what God bless just said? Yes, I do agree. I feel like in the last decade um, to now, we have seen a lot of changes in when, how youths react to politics. You know, before, I would say, like, even I myself was apathetic to the political um, situation in Nigeria because I believed my vote didn't count and it didn't matter because whether you voted or not it was it was it wasn't going to matter they would come and promise and go away but I believe right now our voice matters like whatever we do matters 
Okay, now I'm going to go to Kabiru Husseini because you are very much involved in politics. Absolutely. Yes, so why do you think that, why did you think it was important for you as a young person to get involved, um, you know, as a party member of ADC? Almost everything has been deteriorated, you understand. And also, you know, the youth, they are the engine growth of development in any nation, you understand. So they are left behind. That is why we penetrate into the politics in order to prove to these leaders, you understand, that we, the Nigerian youth, we have the potentiality and talent to make this country a better place. What do young people in Nigeria really want? And I want you to just give me one point, one major point that you think that young people really want. Um, I'll start with you, Chidima. Nigerian youths want a secure nation. The youth in our time and now, we need unemployment to be solved. Unemployment is a major issue for you, Dapo. Healthcare. Healthcare because our health incidents are terrible in Nigeria at the moment and um, it costs a lot to foot one's bill medically, right? And if things don't change, we'll lose many people due to things we can easily fix. Okay, thank you. So we've had um, security, we've, said, we've had unemployment, healthcare. We want free and fair election, all right. Um, God bless. I think the average Nigerian youth want a country that works, where they can live out their potential and that they can travel anywhere around the country and not feel like they are not welcome. They just want to be included. They want a country that is not religiously divided. They want a country where I can be in Kano and, I am, and I'm free to engage and be heard. They want a Nigeria where they don't need to know who is the head of the civil service agency for their letter to go through the system. They just need a country that works, that's all. Okay. A country that works, and I also heard inclusion there. Okay, Aisha. A revamped educational system. In the last, I would go back to the last decade again because we have seen the educational infrastructure and educational system in Nigeria is really failing behind. Um, Ibrahim, so what do you think Nigerians want? To me, I think that uh, the most important thing we need as youth in this country is engagement. We need a functional system that will carry everyone and will give everyone a genuine sense of belonging in the country. Because if you look at Nigeria, you find out that the country is divided, the northern and southern part of Nigeria. There is that mistrust and friction between the north and southern part of the country. I'm going to come to you, Hosea, but I'm changing the question. Now, you're very involved with uh, politics. You help to train, to encourage young people to uh, participate in basically in the country and to be more patriotic. Do you think that we are there yet? Like, do young people finally have a say? Or can, are they ready to finally make a decision for the country? Okay, yes, we actually have the number, but I wouldn't say we are there yet. 70% of the population of Nigerians are youth. Yet, when it comes to political participation, you can count to the number. Let's talk about the answers. Even with, it, with the answers, you saw that if you would compare the number of people who came out to rally, it is very small, very minute, compared to the teeming number of youths that we have. So I would say yes, there are a lot of us who are willing to go out there and change the narrative. And yet there are so many who are yet to understand the office of the citizen, to understand their, their rules, the rules each and every youth needs to play. 
do, do Nigerian youth believe in elections? Do elections actually work? I'm going to come to you, uh, Dapo. Hmm. I think that um, it's far from saying it works. And classical example is what happened after NSAS. Two months after NSAS, there was a, an election in Lagos, and the turnout was 9%. Right? One would have thought that with the agitation with NSAS, people would come out to vote in mass. We did not see that happen. So do elections really work? We're not there. How can Nigerians, how can we as Nigerians, hold our leaders accountable. And I'm actually going to come to you, Ibrahim, because you are a politician and a potential leader of Nigeria. There has never been a time like this in the history of this country because the youths are tired of the, uh, the uh, field, economy, insecurity, all kind of uh, things, we are tired of it. I'm going to come to you, Aisha, because I, I, I heard you saying something. I think we can hold our, our, even our current government, we can hold them accountable by, we actually have the platform. We have the media, we have town hall meetings, we have, we have connections that actually connect us with the right people. If you want, for example, a leader in my community has signed off on an on a infrastructural project that he hasn't done, I can actually go to the constituency, like in our constituency, there's always an office that you can go to and you can report, show and show that this is actually not working, take pictures, take it. The media is an, a very strong tool for us, especially we're in the technological age. If, if your leader is not doing anything. The bedrock upon which democracy is built is accountability. So one of the fastest way and easiest way is to use the Freedom of, of Information Act, FOI. Uh, one of the tools available to young people today is that we can raise an FOI and of course there are lawyers who are willing to take those cases up if we want to get information from certain departments of government, MDAs and ministries. What it says is that those MDAs and ministries are, are necessarily going to respond to your request to provide information. So I'm saying it to young people today. The goal is not just to vote. The goal is to vote, ensure that the votes are counted, but after the votes are counted, we would now look at the manifesto that these candidates have shared, just as they are sharing right now. And after that, within the first three months, six months, one year of their administration, we can use the Freedom of Information Act. We'll go to the different ministries and ask and say, what have you done concerning this or that? That is how you hold government accountable. Thank you, thank you, God bless. What, what needs to be done is to increasingly keep knocking and keep pushing hard to get things done. Yeah. Okay. Aisha, you want to say something? So, um, Dapo, I would like to tell you, you know, you want to create change. It doesn't happen in a year. It doesn't happen in a short time. Nigerians actually have to work hard on it. It would disappoint you. It would, it would actually break your heart and it will even kill your energy. But the thing is that Nigeria is ours. You understand? We cannot just give up and let it go. God bless. I, I look, I'll just say this. When we started the Not Too Young to Run bill, they told us, they told us it was impossible. Now, come on, you're wasting your time. But guess what? We got it done. 2019, we gathered in Abuja and said we're going to deliver electoral reforms to Nigeria. But 2022, the president signed the bill. What does it tell you? It means that when we come together and we make a commitment to making something better and we keep working at it, it is going to be done. I remember we had to protest right here at the Unity Fountain. We had to walk to the National Assembly. We knocked on doors. We spoke to legislators. We called them. Guess what? We put their phone numbers online. 
and people call them and we send them text, message, text messages. They read our text messages on the floor. And when it was time to pass the bill, guess what they did? They invited us because they knew the work that we have put in. We've heard that young people should be patient. But what is the reality on ground, um, Dapo? Do you think that people are really optimistic? Position of things on the ground, things are bad. I mean, we know security is a mess, right? Even here in Abuja, you can't move very freely. Um, healthcare is terrible. Nigerians have to spend out of their pockets. What kind of leader do you think that Nigerians need at this critical point? When you look at the presidential candidates that we have presently now, most of them, they are octogenarians. You understand, they are all age. It's not about age, it's about what you have upstairs and what you can do. And if you look at the top contenders, I don't think, okay, let me not be partisan with this whole thing, but we need to understand the fact that ahead is not about age. It's about what can you offer and what you offered us before. With that, we track what you possibly can give to us. Thank you very much. Okay, um, so Chidima and Husseini have brought up a very important point that I think that is you know, a topic of discussion among many Nigerians. Do we need someone with experience and age? Okay, I actually agree with Chidema because in all the 17 presidential aspirants we've seen, actually, has ever, have anyone ever noticed that they never give detailed reports of what they want to bring to Nigeria because they always leave us in the dark about what's happening. Okay, thank you very much, Aisha. So I think we have to look at uh, all the 17 presidential candidates who carries the youth alone. We all agree that they are all uh, old people. So uh, who among them carry vibrant people to go alone? What Nigeria needs today is not just enthusiasm. You see, enthusiasm is not a factor of production, right? Um, age is not a factor of production. So the idea, therefore, is that when you look at what the different candidates have put on the table as their manifesto, Nigerians can question what they have. That is a document that we can follow. I'll stop you on that point. God bless. Hosea, yeah. you want to say something? I agree with him, with, um, yes, my friend over there, that uh, manifesto is important. However, manifesto, it, it's one thing for you to say you are going to do something, then it is another thing for you to actually do it. Chidima. I want to buttress more what he said because we, you are, our incoming president is going to be at the helm of affairs to take decisions and policies. And when you check the characters of some of the persons we have, some are dubious and some doesn't want the office, as Nigerian youth, let's think. Not only that we are checking your track record, when you left office, what was the pace? What do we experience? What happened? We also need to check it and up till now. And we also need to understand that we should remove emotions from politics and the election of 2023. We must fix the real fact. Who is going to deliver the Nigeria we want? And let's think again. I like your point. Who is going to deliver the Nigeria we want? We really, really have to wrap up now. I want to thank the panelists for joining us today. For now, I'm Flourish Chukura. Thank you, Flourish. Now, of course, fake news about the election and even candidates has spread like wildfire. And it seems worse this election than any other. But what do Nigerians think? DW's Eddie Micah Jr. and Josie Mahachi 
interviewed Nollywood actress Kate Henshaw and writer and political commentator JJ Omojawa in Lagos to hear their thoughts. When it comes to elections, social media is buzzing. Let me start with you, Kate, on um, how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're on the spot. So you're, you're setting the ball rolling. Um, let's just overall in your thinking, what impact has social media got on elections, the whole electoral process? Apart from the election, social media has a huge impact on the lives of Nigerians. It's, it's a funny place. Uh, you just have to be able to stand your ground. If you choose to stand with your candidate, feel free. If you don't, um, that's okay too because people have to just take a stand. You must stand somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I feel social media just brings to the fore all the things that we couldn't participate in if there was no social media. As When we had elections before social media, we knew how it was. Also, in the transmission of the election uh, results, uh, um, the the participation of voters at the uh, the wards where they are voting, you know, happenings and generally letting us know what is what is going on in at the same time. All right, I will also take it to JJ Omojua. How has social media been used in this particular election so far? So far, I think you would speak about it helping to gather conversation, helping people to to have conversations around the election. In a certain way, it's been very useful for advocacy. When you talk about people going to get their PVCs, people reminding themselves they need to vote. The banter that comes out on social media, there's a negative side to that. There's a semi side to that. But there's also the side of it that helps to ensure that everybody feels like a part of a, I almost said global, of a national conversation. As JJ said, Kate, it is a challenge. There's a lot of uh, hate speech going on. There's a lot of abuse going on. And, and, and obviously that is draining, isn't it? Very draining. I mean, like sometimes you tweet something and the responses, you know, there's so much anger. Sometimes I wonder where it comes from. Uh, but I always feel it's a reflection of that person, not me, because I know what I meant behind it. So how can the same social media be used to stop or to fight fake news um, and propaganda, obviously. Like I said, the, the, the presence of credible sources, credible and authentic sources. Like um, one of the people who are working with, I think the fact uh, check journalist group, where if there's any questionable um, tweets, they put it out and we sort of retweet it because it's important to fact check. If there are no credible sources, there'll be nobody to counter the fake news or the disinformation out there. What, what responsibility lies with social media? influencers regarding helping keep the peace during the electoral process how important is that so I have a different view now about influencers I think really and truly every social media user is an influencer initially when we started with these platforms you sort of depended on individuals with many accounts to move things but now what actually moves conversations is conversations not people so even with your 2,000 3,000 followers if you put the right things out, certain people with many followers become your amplifiers. So, and the fact that, the, the fact that you're with fewer followers, as long as that person is amplifying to their hundreds of thousands or millions of followers, you are an influencer. So in that sense, everybody is a potential influencer. I don't want us to order certain people and put a responsibility on them that doesn't belong to them. Because that's, what's, that's where this thing starts, where people start to have an expectation. And because they, they think that you, are, you have this number of followers, you should be supporting who they're supporting. And they, have, and they don't have a right to have that expectation of you. Thanks, Eddie and Josie. And of course, Kate Henshaw and JJ Omojua for those insights. 
That'll do it for our 77% show this week. It's been a pleasure having you. And remember, you can catch this show on our website, dw.com. I'm Kai Nebe. Bye for now.